Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. Okay, so as you guys probably know, we're doing our panel tonight. So I'm going to ask all the panel members to make their way up here. Let's give them a round of applause to make way to the stage. Go ahead and pick any spot you want. Okay, so for our panel tonight, we have Drew and Joy Mummify, Randy and Leslie Morris, and Chris and Heidi Getzinger. Yes, we are very excited. All right. And the boy that runs and gets whatever we ask. Woo! Okay. All right, uh, before we dive into our questions that you guys all asked, let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for these wonderful people. Thank you for tonight. I just pray that you open hearts, uh, open minds tonight, and just let the truth pour into this space. Uh, Let your presence just fill our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as you guys know, the last couple weeks I had a box upstairs, and you could write down whatever questions you have about dating, relationships, love, sex, anything. So... I took these questions, and these guys are going to answer them tonight. You're getting all the juicy stuff. So to start off, and all of you have to answer this, how did you meet and fall in love? Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll go first. Um, my Drew's mother owns a flower store downtown Waverly. It's called Love and Lace. Um, and my sister was getting married, so I went with them to the wedding appointment to make the flower arrangements, and her coworker. Um, what looked at me and it's like, oh, Drew's got a single son. And I'm like, <laughs> Deb's got a single son. That's Drew. Yes, sorry, sorry. <laughs> They're following me. So then, you know, like when somebody says that, you just kind of smile and, <laughs> and then we left. Well, my mom worked at uh, a place in town here and he was the delivery guy, delivery the guy. delivery boy. <laughs> and so my mom's like, actually, he's kind of cute. I was like, mother, you didn't say anything in the store. So then we got home, and here his mother calls um, my mom's house and says, oh, I'd really like to get your daughter's phone number for my son. And so (laughs) then I was like, yeah, do it. So then he called me, and he actually. What? Yeah, see, I, what time, how long is this going to take? So I knew her from uh, Bremer County Fair. Everybody knows what the county fair is. Anybody, Everybody not know? Anyway. I always checked her out at the fair. She was one of them fair girls, or fair chicks that I was always watching. <laughs> too scared to talk to her. Too scared to talk to her, but anyway. So I knew her, and she's like, hey, uh, Joy Shooty stopped in the store today. And I'm like, okay, do you want to go out? Or like, she wants to go on a date with him. I'm like, get me her number now. <laughs> Called her, and probably talked every day since then. Uh, <laughs> they have their, yep. That's the very condensed version. Well, Leslie and I first met. We both had been married before, so this wasn't our first rodeo. And I was going through my graduate degree to become a school counselor, and she was already a, a mental health therapist, so we were going to psych each other out. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a, friend, a mutual friend of ours talked to, us, talked to me and said, 
Randy, would you be interested in going out with a lady that's just a little bit older than you? And she is just a little bit. I did. <laughs> I know I look older than her, but it's not true. And I said, yeah. And so we had a blind date, but they, the other couple went with us, so we had a blind double date for us. So um, when I went to her house, we went to pick her up. I brought, I think it was a yellow rose. <laughs> And uh, picked her up, and we went with um, an, the other couple. And guess what? We went to a movie, and the movie was Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of crazy. Well, so were we. But we went to that, and we came home, and her daughter was nine years old. And uh, she turned and said to her mom, says, you're going to marry that guy. We've been together ever since. Oh, we're married more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. She had to be blind to marry me. <laughs> All right, so uh, Heidi and I are both Wartburg grads. Um, she graduated a year earlier than I did, um, and then the summer after I graduated, uh, we were both at a wedding of a mutual friends here in Waverly, and uh, ended up sitting at the same table at the reception, striking up a conversation, and uh, so I had just graduated, was getting ready to start medical school in Iowa City, and she was living in Iowa City at the time. Um, I thought that would impress her, but she tells <laughs> me this day, she was not impressed by that, so. Um, but yeah, so, you know, moved down there, uh, we started hanging out. Um, I wasn't a believer when I first met her and she was uh, a big reason why uh, I became a believer. She was the one that drug me to church. I said, <laughs> I said, you know, when she asked if I wanted to go to church, you know, I just wanted to be around her. So yeah, I'll go to church if that's what you want to do. So, um, and now we, uh, we've been married for eight and a half years now and three kids, got a dog. All right, how did you know that your partner was the one? <laughs> so um, it was our first date, okay? I went to his house because I wanted a car, a getaway car, in case he was weird. So I drove to his house, and then we, I went to the front, and he said hi, whatever. So we were walking to his car to go to a movie. And I was walking on the sidewalk, and I turned, and I see a truck. <laughs> and I was in love. <laughs> okay, that's the funny version. And then we went to the movie, and I held his hand, and it was rough. I like a man who can work hard. <laughs> so, two big things. Those are funny things. But the, the, the more serious um, was that our first date, we talked for hours about everything. We're at that point in our lives where we didn't want to – just date to date we wanted to find somebody to marry we talked about everything and everything seemed to line up and the biggest thing was yes his his heart for the lord and and um you know where he wasn't in, in that chapter of life so <laughs> we were both we were both believers and that was part of uh the problem that we had in previous life uh with some of that but uh and we talked about that, probably close 
we went to church together. I lived in Nashua, Iowa, or Nashua up here, and she lived in Waterloo, so I would drive down to see her all the time, and uh, knowing the Lord was one of the things we talked about, and so we wanted to have a relationship because we didn't really have that in our other past life, and so that was important to us and important for our children, and so that was one of the main things we talked about before we even thought about getting married because we didn't talk about that for a while because we both had been married before and it was not fun in some of those situations. So uh, having the Lord in our life was probably one of the main things we talked about and that was probably the foundation for us. And then we like to have a lot of fun too. So <laughs> we, we kid each other and other people and um, uh, we love each other, but we also love to have fun. Um, I guess for me, I don't know, I was kind of at a point in my life where I just kind of, I don't know, just had some bad relationships, like the guys that I was meeting just were not good, I don't know, and so I was kind of, I don't know, when I met Chris, obviously he was cute, so I thought he was really cute, but <laughs> I think I was looking for reasons, <laughs> yeah, obviously, but I, I think I was looking for reasons to, like, that this wouldn't work, or that I wouldn't like him. And so, um, yeah, so the more that we hung out, you know, I found out he was going to medical school. I was like, okay. And then I was like, actually, you're pretty smart. Like, we can hold a conversation. This is good. But then I'm like, but you're probably really socially awkward, right? Like, you're probably really nerdy. And then he, like, got along with, like, my friends that I was hanging out with. And it was, okay, well, there's that. And then he was a good golfer. I thought for sure I would beat him golfing. And it's like, oh, we had mutual things. So I think I was kind of jaded when I met him. And then the more I got to know him, it was like, this guy is the real deal. Like, he's a real catch. Um, and then I fell pretty fast. So I think I, I don't know, I had my guard up for so long. And I was looking for reasons to have it not work. But then when it was like, okay, God, like, this is clearly, he just aligned everything. Um, the timing, like he talked about, of the moving to Iowa City. Um, and then... Like, we talked about the church aspect. Um, so then I had to convince him. <laughs> All right. How should I bring up or talk about God with my boyfriend if he hasn't gone to church in a long time? Heidi, you could probably maybe talk to your situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's your job to convince him, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Um, you know, for me, that was important. And I didn't, honestly, I knew it was important, but I didn't really have that relationship at that time. So, you know, from a young age, I went to church is what I did. Um, but it was just because I knew I was supposed to. Um, and I knew I was supposed to find a Christian guy, but I think, um, for us, God worked in a lot of ways. But when he brought us to Iowa City, um, we both grew together. And so, um, it was just really cool. I think the church that he brought um, both of us to, I mean, yes, Chris was willing to go to church with me, and that was for sure important. They have to be willing. Um, but, I mean, God opened his heart. It wasn't me that convinced him. It was God that worked in his life. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would, oh, sorry, you want to add? Okay, I was <laughs> going to add. Um, you know, in anything that we do, if it's something like that, pray about it. Be specific in your prayer. All right, God, this is my intention. This is what I want to do. You know, have it set up so we're good timing. 
like you talked about timing, like, well, we're, we're both alone or just worked out. I have a, a gap of a chunk of time. Okay. Um, pray about it. And God answers that way. And then he'll kind of nudge at your heart. You'll kind of feel it like, <gasps> okay, this would be a good opportunity to bring this yeah. up. Then you know that mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's kind of prodding you. Mm -hmm. And I say, go and do it. You, if, if you come with a genuine heart yeah. and you just speak your honesty, it, God will help you. He'll mm -hmm. help you feed that conversation and just be true because it's the best thing you can do. It's the best thing you can do for your life is talk about God in your life and where, what that looks like and where you want to go with that with your, your loved one. I got some stuff to Sorry, I really <laughs> You can't be afraid to. While you're getting that out, I can I can talk a little bit. I, I think, you know, you guys heard kind of Tyler and I's story, but one thing is just opening one door at a time. Like, just open up the, the door to asking to pray with them, and then opening up the door to maybe ask them to go to church with you. And I just think letting them know how it would make you feel instead of getting mad at them for maybe how they feel you asking. So, for example, like, when I, would, when I invited Tyler to church, maybe I would say, hey, I would really love for you to come to church with me because it would make me very happy. Or, um, yeah, just like tell them how it would make you feel. And it, it takes the burden or the pressure off of them and doesn't make it feel like it's so forced, I guess. Sometimes, yeah, I think part of it, too, is how you live your life in front of people. And that, that to me, yeah. is a big part of it. You live your life, and uh, this is really loud. Oh, gosh, I'm really loud. Yeah, yeah. I scared myself. together so it's like you know I'm not perfect but I want Jesus to be in my life and to help me so let's do this together yeah. you know just be honest like I don't have it all together obviously but I really want to go to church I want to read the Bible I want to see what God has to say to me mm -hmm. will you do this with me and then he literally might just I will go because he thinks I'm pretty like Chris and Heidi <laughs> that's okay just let him come along mm -hmm. let God work okay yeah. Even if they don't want to be there, it's okay. It's okay. Let God work. Yeah. All right, next question. How can I be more supportive when my boyfriend is going through a tough time? How can I be more supportive when my boyfriend is going through a tough time? <laughs> well, you can be very supportive of your, whether, for us, it's not boyfriend or girlfriend. Because we've been together for a long time, but uh, for you, you know, just being there, yeah, just being there, 
No, listening, that's mm -hmm. a big thing, because when she would come home from a, a long day of listening to other people's you know, troubles and problems all day like that, she'd want to share. And I just got home from the day, too, and I'm going, oh, no. But I would, <laughs> all she asked for me was just to listen for a while, mm -hmm. just to listen. And that was the biggest thing. And just be there for each other, whether it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. Be there, you know, and share those things and be supportive of them. That's about the best thing I can tell you to do. And even if you really don't want to be there, you know, it's important to your partner, your friend, your husband, wife, whatever it is, <coughs> that they felt heard and go from there. Yeah, that's good. And don't try to fix them. Yeah. themselves to you and not not face any kind of not criticism but like well you should do this or you should do that or okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I feel like this is turning into a comedy hour <laughs> but, but that is a big part of it yeah. because she would share those things with me but I'd say I try to fix it I try to answer it I try to figure it out for her and that's not what she wanted no you know, well, yeah, they can figure that out on their own. That's no big deal. But mm -hmm. I would, I finally learned after, let's say we've been married 28 years, maybe 27 years, <laughs> that I don't need to fix it for her. I just need to listen and be there. And truthfully, you know, most people don't want it to be fixed for them. Yeah. They want just to, to be understood mm -hmm. and have somebody um, empathize with them and say, wow, I'm really sorry, you know, that's, that's happening to you. Is there anything I can do to help you through this? Um, so. A lot of us know that we're wrong or that we did something wrong, right. but we don't want to hear that right away. So compassion, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a good point about when we were first married, yeah, I wanted to try and fix everything when Heidi had a problem. And, you know, when you grow in a relationship, you should be studying your partner. Okay, you should be learning about them. You should be saying, okay, you know, this is the way that they like to be supportive. This is um, when they're when they're going through something. This is you know what they want, um, and and so it's it's not a one size fits all approach. Um, but you know, you you should always be looking to serve that person, to love that person, um, even when the times are good. You know, and practice it in those times. Then when the tough times come, you're going to be much better prepared. One, one quick thing. One quick thing. Um, the first, what? How did you wear that question? How can I be more supportive when my boyfriend is going through a tough time? Okay, so like they said, um, you know, be present, listen to them, but actually say, well, after you listen to them, let's just pray about it. Can I pray with yes. you? Mm -hmm. And then they will feel that love. They'll feel that empathy, that concern. Um, that you don't want to fix it, that you want God to fix it. That's the most important. Mm -hmm. So take them and say, let's let's just pray about it. Let's give this to God. Mm -hmm. That will help them physically, mentally digest it, yeah. okay? And mm -hmm. to just let it go up to God. It's really important. Yeah, that's really good. All right, how can we be righteous in our relationships? How can we be righteous in our relationships? <laughs> Got to pull it out sometime. 
Uh, so, you know, I, I think when you're talking about relationships, when you're talking about jobs, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing, uh, I always come back to uh, Matthew 6, um, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so what was the question again? I'm sorry. How can we be righteous in our relationships? Yeah, so, you know, ultimately, you should be seeking to serve the Lord first in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. If the Lord's second in your relationship, it's not going to work. Yeah. All right. Um, but, you know, if you're serving the Lord, if you're loving God, you're going to love your partner well. Yeah. Okay. If you're growing distant from God, there's going to be times when you're not able to love your partner appropriately. So, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I always just come back to seek first the kingdom. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I guess since I couldn't talk before, I'm going to answer a few questions, but... <laughs> Seriously, is there a doctor in here? Um, <laughs> um, so my ritual or whatever when I was single was instead of going out and partying and hanging out, I lived in a house with five friends. I, they lived all with me and uh, <clears throat> a good group of guys. But at night, you know, I would go in my room, pray, read, pray for my wife, who I didn't know yet, um, have that righteous foundation just start from scratch be like you know i've dated all these chicks from wartburg you know and they're just breaking my heart and it was i thought i i thought i met the one and then she'd crush me and then i thought i met the one and she'd crush me so kind of going back to how do you know that one a lot of you probably are hurt you've been hurt in relationships you've had guys treat you bad you've had women treat you men wrong or whatever cheated on or whatever when i met joy it was like that's what this is. Like, thank you, God. You answer prayers. I'm tired of getting my heart pulled out. I'm tired of da- taking a girl out on Monday and then Friday night she tells me, somebody tells me she's with another guy. This one was like, wow. So if you're struggling with, like, I'm in a terrible relationship, understand that God has a perfect plan for you. Yeah. And you just got to wait and and. Search and seek the Lord. And this is, I mean, our first date was 10 hours. We were 99% compatible. Um, she had a Lutheran background. I was this, so we were a little different. But that's the, really the only minor, I mean, we had minor differences. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to marry her, even if she's my fifth cousin, which she is. But <laughs> it's totally legal. We are cousins, but it's legal. I just found that out. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's true. I'm going to have to ask you guys to leave. Do we need to go to the next question? That always makes everybody laugh. (laughs) I do it because I don't really care. But so the day after our first date, mom's like, well, you know, that's your, I played with her dad when we were kids at like family gatherings, but we're not, I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive off a cliff now. I mean, I was like, (laughs) this is the worst day of my life. Well, checked it out with a lawyer and a doctor. We're all legal. We're good to go. We've had four kids. They're all normal. So sometimes you can find family at the family reunion. Okay? We were never at a family reunion together. Never. No wonder you had so much in common. Hey, you wanted me up here. But the whole serious part, seek God first. You got, you got to have some checks, some marks, like this is what I want in a man. This is what I want in a woman. It'll happen. 
Don't settle. Do hawks. <laughs> oh, I don't know how we could continue after that. Uh, well, I did want to add one thing onto the how can we be righteous in our relationships. Um, I think a big thing for Tyler and I was just being around the right people and surrounding ourselves with a good church community. Uh, that was huge for us, and you'd be surprised at the influence that the people that you hang out with have in your guys' lives. So surround yourself with good people. Um, yes, okay. Another question. How did you find the perfect person to marry? Family reunion. <laughs> I already answered that. <laughs> the, the quotations are imperfect. How do you find the perfect person to marry? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start let them regurgitate a little bit. No, I, I'm serious, though. You have, I just told you, you got to seek after the Lord. If you're not right and you're living the worldly lifestyle, but I'm showing up on Sunday nights because I want to look cool. God knows. Yeah. You're not you might fool us. Yeah. You ain't fooling him. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, how do you want your life to go? Do you just want to skate by and put the show on, or do you want good things to happen to you, like a blessed marriage? Yeah. Simple. Mm -hmm. Well, big thing is, is to pray about it. You know, to find someone that you care for, the Lord's going to lead you that direction. And you don't know where it's going to come from. Like, it was a blind date. Leslie and I, we didn't, we had a mutual friend, and she was nice enough, and all that sort of good stuff, but um, we didn't know each other at all, but we both believe, we both uh, loved the Lord, and we knew something would happen sometime, but man, I didn't think it was happening then, but um, we were blessed, I mean, to find each other, because we both loved the Lord, and um, he brought us together, mm -hmm. it wasn't by chance, he brought us together totally believe in that mm -hmm. we both believe in that so that just pray about it you know yeah that's the biggest thing you could do mm -hmm. and and you're not going to find the right partner in some bars and stuff like that i'll find i'll tell you that for sure because back a long time ago in my college days we i'd kind of do some of that type of stuff too and that is not the right place to find them unless there's some freaky thing that happened the lord leads you in there but i don't think so you never know the lord will lead you in the direction you'll find your future husband or your future uh, wife. And he's, you've got to have faith in that. You will find the right person. You yeah. really will. It took us a little while to find the right people, but uh, we've been blessed ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing in this is that it says, how do you find the perfect person to marry? I think one thing to note is that you're never going to have a perfect person. I don't know, like, whoever asked the question what they exactly meant by it, but I think just knowing that your marriage isn't going to be perfect all the time. Like, it is going to take some work. And then secondly, when it says, how do you find the perfect person? I think something in our culture is, like, we have to have something, like, instant, like, right now. And what can happen, I think, sometimes when we try to find things is that we just grab onto whatever comes our way, and then we end up settling. So I think just instead of trying to search and find all the time, just so we're not alone or just so we have somebody. Instead, just going back to that trust and that faith and that prayer that he does have somebody for you. So, yeah, that's kind of how I read the question, too. And like you said, there, there's no perfect person, all right? You're, you're a sinner. You're <laughs> going to find a sinner to marry, okay? 
Um, but like we talked about earlier, like Drew said, with having shared values with, you know, okay, if, if God is your ultimate thing, you better find somebody who their ultimate thing is also God. All right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's, it's, it's just not going to work in that area. Yeah. I think, I think too, that I think there's a lot to be said about being unequally yoked mm-hmm. in a relationship or a marriage. It does not work. And that's not to say that if your partner is not a Christian or whatever, and you are, that they would become a Christian at some point, but that's not typically what happens. And, and I know that from personal experience, mm-hmm. being unequally yoked. So. Yeah, so. Does everyone know that comes from the Bible? It's uh, Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Some say do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Others say, do, don't be teamed up with non-believers. So, I mean, you can missionary date. Some people are against that. Some people for a missionary date is like, hey, I'm a Christian guy. I'm in the college group, and I'm going to go out and find a girl that's a non-believer because she's really hot, and I like her, and I'm going to try to bring her to God. Hey, I mean, some people will say don't even go there because she can, you know, she can pull you into the world. You can do other things you're not supposed to do, um, tempted and all that stuff. But the other side is like, as we're supposed to be missionaries of draw people in so some people meet on the first date and fall in love some people date for five years through college and that and I mean it there's so many different things is when they told me the perfect one everybody was like Drew you'll know when you know and I'm like that what that doesn't make sense anybody heard that you'll just know everybody just says you'll just know and it's like that doesn't help <laughs> yeah but I mean you'll just I don't know about you guys but like God didn't audibly say like this is the one Mary <laughs> You know, I, look, I looked in the Bible, actually, there's two instances in the entire Bible where God said, marry her. Yeah. And one of them was when Joseph was going to divorce Mary, and God sent an angel and said, no, you stay married to her. Like, that didn't happen to me, okay? Mm-hmm. So I felt God leading me towards, you know, you should marry this girl. And then I had to make that choice, all right? Mm-hmm. And then every day I have to make that choice to love her, all right? Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not going to be the first date every day of your relationship. All right, yeah. love is ultimately a choice that you make to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make that choice. Yeah. All right, how do you trust that God has someone you are meant to be with when it's been so long since you've been in a relationship? So for somebody who's been single for a while, how do you trust that God has someone that you're meant to be with? Go ahead, Drew. I mean, that was kind of me for a while. All my friends had girlfriends you know and we'd go bowling and I was the loser alone <laughs> and all that stuff and it's kind of like I come back to my I had to stay yeah you go through a little bit of you get depressed you get down you just you do as a guy you're you want to be loved God made us give us that we want to be loved but um, again I go back to this you've got to stand strong with Christ and understand he's got your life laid out for you mm-hmm. so I would rather I guess looking back I'm like I guess I'd rather have been single all those years then dating a bunch of girls that really didn't yeah. meet what I needed, and God probably knew that. And um, that's what I say is it just comes back to the personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's got to be there. Otherwise, you're just looking for challenges. And there's still going to be challenges. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to hear some bizarre stories and some crazy time, come sit with us in person. We'll tell you about <laughs> our marriage. Your we'll tell you all reunion. the things that aren't great. <laughs> we'll tell you all the things that we've battled through. But we've made it because we're Christ-centered. Yeah. We're not a statistic. Mm-hmm. And we could have been a statistic. Yeah. So. That's 
Well, Lisa and I kind of were statistics, but we we had married to people that uh, were not good. It was a bad relationship for both of us, and um, it was not good. It was not Christ-centered, like for me. Um, the woman that I was married to was not a believer, and so asking her to come to church, yeah, she'd come to church, but she really wouldn't participate. She was really, it really wasn't a good thing. You know, worship was not good. It was, I would go to worship, she would just go because I asked her to go, mm -hmm. and that wasn't a good thing. And, and then uh, after a few years, we had two children together, and the first one uh, passed away when she was three years old. Pretty much did it for us. Yeah. You lose someone like that, um, it's very hard. Yeah. And that's shortly after that, she filed for divorce and because. Yeah. And so you're with the wrong one. You know you're with the wrong one. It's tough. It yeah. really is. So that's why you pray about it a lot. You want to try to not make a mistake. You want to try. But the Lord will lead you. Yeah. And the Lord led me through. The loss of a child yeah. and to a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so he brought me an angel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cry too. <laughs> and this is just an example of how Christ can take, and the things yeah. in our marriage were valleys. And, yeah. and that's, a, that's a deep valley. We were down there with him in a different type of valley. Mm -hmm. And yeah. God can bring you up out of them. And now the top of the mountain is really fun. Yeah. Well, my situation was a bit different than that. Uh, my ex-husband traded me in for a younger model. Mm -hmm. So um, he was involved in a relationship with a, a co-worker. Mm -hmm. and, and he's the one that filed for divorce. And, you know, it's just one of those things you just have to work through. And it's, but it's hard. It's mm -hmm. really hard. So it's really, again, going back to that uh, idea of being unequally yoked. Yeah. You know, I, I think that was a big part of it. I do. And so, but thankfully, he likes me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I would just say to that is I think um, sometimes in the church, and I think in society in general, I think um, we assume everyone's going to get married. And I think we miss the, the aspect that there is the gift of singleness. Mm -hmm. um, Paul talks about that and that, you know, in his opinion, that singleness is better than, you know, being married because you are strictly looking to God and not having to look to your husband to serve to yeah. or your wife to serve. Um, so I think there is definitely the gift of singleness. Um, one of the podcasts I recently listened to said, you will know if you're given the gift of singleness if you wake up in the morning and you're single. So that day, how can you serve God the best? Yeah. I think we can make an idol of marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I think as women, I think especially women, I don't know, I can't speak for the men, but like, you know, you watch... Hollywood, you watch the TV shows, you watch the movies, and we're looking to, you know, we're looking to Hollywood to tell us what marriage should look like or a relationship should look like, yeah. which they have the worst statistics for mm -hmm. staying together. <laughs> and so um, I think just being obedient in your singleness and not trying to rush that, um, but if God has placed it on your heart that you really feel like there's a person, just trust him with that. I mean, that is a good desire to have, to, you know, to want someone to do life with in that way. Um, but you just need to trust the timing. But, you know, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about some other things. Yeah. yeah. Just to kind of add on to that, I just think the thought of stop thinking that you're behind if you're single. 
you're not behind. God does want to use your season of singleness. So that's really good. I'm glad you touched on that. All right. Is it okay to live with the opposite sex if you are only friends? Is it okay to live with the opposite sex? I just if think you're only friends? that. Um, well, first, let's say this. Why? Sometimes you have the choice to put yourself in temptation, and to put yourself in um, a situation mm-hmm. where the lines could get blurred. You know. Um, so, I guess it's your choice. But if you, yeah, I'll leave it to that. No. <laughs> No, you, I, I believe you're not because <clears throat> until you're married, you are your parents. Is it okay to live with the opposite sex if married. you are only friends? Yeah, they're not dating not, you're or You're still anything. not married. Only friends. But you're not even They're not romantically involved. We're not in a relationship. They're not even friends. Go ahead, son. <laughs> wow. I'm just, I'm just going to echo Joy's. Uh, what she said uh, I think you're just putting yourself into a situation with unnecessary temptation yeah mm-hmm. so I mean we're all sinful humans we all yeah. fall short uh, you have to know what your boundaries are and I, I just think that that's a dangerous situation mm-hmm. one thing that I told the youth kids as we were going through this series was if you feel convicted or you feel conflicted, keep it restricted. And in this instance, the fact that, you know, that was a question that was asked, it seems like there is a little bit of, you know, somebody's conflicted with it. So maybe that's a sign that you do need to keep it restricted because you're worried about uh, what that could mean for you. Uh, but I think that if you are somebody who is going to make that choice or if you have made that choice, you need to set your boundaries and your intentions. You know, we talked about how before you walk into a room or before you go to a party, you need to have the intention of, I'm not going to hook up with this person. I'm not going to hook up at all. Um, because you are so much weaker if you don't have that intention set um, and then have those boundaries in place as well. Okay, next question. What do you define as cheating? What do you define as cheating? Um. I guess anything that's not a 100% commitment to the person you're with. Make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at Scripture, and Jesus says, if you look upon a woman with lust, you've yeah. committed adultery in your heart. Like, you know, we can brush that aside, or we can say that Jesus said that and he meant it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think anything lustful that's, that is not towards your partner is cheating. If you're stalking girls on Instagram and bikinis or whatever, and you're in a relationship, that's cheating. You're lustfully looking because that can lead to other things. Like look at David and Bathsheba. All David did was had to look and then look what that led to. So if you are lustfully looking at somebody else, that is what the Bible says is technically cheating or can lead to cheating very easily. All right. How do you get out of a toxic relationship or help others get out of a toxic relationship? Anybody ever had? Um, you have to tell a friend. Mm-hmm. It's the most important. Yeah. Well, I mean, be open with God, and he will orchestrate a friend in your life that to pray about it that is safe, okay? Come to an adult. We're all right here. If you're in a toxic relationship or you know it's unhealthy, yeah. you have to tell somebody. Yes. Okay? Then um, 
they will help you. Mm-hmm. And God will help you. Um, it's boundaries. But you, some of you don't even know what boundaries are. Boundaries is a hard word. Boundaries is just um, protecting yourself. So not answering the phone call. Um, maybe if somebody wants to talk to you, you say, well, I have a half hour. You know, you make up a reason that you only have a half hour. That's a boundary. You're limiting them, um, the space that they can talk to you, okay? Mm-hmm. Another boundary would be like um, not letting them in your room alone without another person in the room. Okay, that's a good boundary. Yeah. Um, hard, very good. Yeah. Um, Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. so... So I, I, I think, you know, two different things there. If you're in a toxic relationship, well, you've already identified it as a toxic relationship. So uh, is, is it something that's dragging you away from Christ? Okay, what's more important to you? Yeah. You know, it's a, one of the great things about having a group like this, too. You have people around you that also desire to serve God and to follow God. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them for help. You know, it, when you're talking about a friend that's in a toxic relationship, I think a lot of times they don't realize it's a toxic relationship yeah but you see it on the outside um i think the best thing you can do is just try to love that person in any way you can and just let them know how much you care for them and um drag them to church if you have to you know surround them with other good people um Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's yeah go ahead and let them let them know that you're there for them and you will be there for them no matter what because they're going to need a lot of support and a lot of encouragement to, to uh, end a toxic relationship. And mm-hmm. there's always there's always the um, chance that it not only is uh, abusive in the sense of verbal abuse, but also physical abuse, and that that can't happen. So um, it's really important that if if any of you are in any kind of a situation like that or feel uh, threatened by anyone, you need to tell someone. You need to tell someone, and they'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. A question? Yeah, mucho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask the question on the mic so the people on audio know what he asked. How do you define a toxic relationship? How do you... Yeah, how do you distinguish a toxic relationship from a relationship that just has regular relationship problems? It may be a, a relationship in which you fear that person. It may be something that just really irritates you. I mean, and they ir- they irritate you to no end, and you have to do everything that they want to do. They may try to take you away from your faith and your church and things like that. Uh, toxic is anything that doesn't isn't natural for you, for your relationship. It's so- something like that. If um, you're not getting along and you're not feeling, you know, comfortable with that person, or maybe they're trying to take you away from your love of the Christ, of Christ, yeah, that's a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. That's anything like that. If you're not feeling comfortable with that person, wholeheartedly comfortable with that person, it could be a toxic relationship. Yeah. But there's lots of things to deal with a toxic relationship. I mean, it could be lots of different things, mm-hmm. you know, um, but. Share with somebody. Whether it doesn't have to be a pastor, it doesn't have to be. It could be a good friend, and they're going to help you with that. Yeah. Or they'll they'll share with somebody that you could go to that will give you some help. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you need to seek some help 
and you need to seek the Lord. Okay. Yeah, I, th I think it could be an abusive relationship, um, but I think more subtly it could be a relationship that causes you to fall into sin. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if, if being with that person is causing you to repetitively fall into sin, that's a toxic relationship. Yeah. Right, and opposite of that, so if you, me and Joy are in a great relationship. There are days we have a spit or a spat or a fight or whatever. It's rare. Yeah. We every day are growing. So if you're growing closer, to the opposite of what Chris said, either going into sin. If you're not going to sin, you're growing. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship that maybe has a few problems and everyone's going to have a problem in a relationship, mm -hmm. if you're growing together towards Christ, you're not in a toxic relationship. Yeah. If you're doing what Chris said, you're probably in a toxic relationship. Yeah. You need to find a joy. You need to find. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Um. You know what, too, at your age, I didn't know about toxic relationship, yeah. okay? But I found out about it. Mm -hmm. So if you know somebody, you know, go to Madison. I have actually been in a toxic relationship, so I would love to sit down and talk to you, and mm -hmm. I can help you kind of point out things that might be toxic. Yeah. Like we talked about, find somebody to tell and mm -hmm. discuss it, someone with wisdom, somebody who's older, somebody who's been through it, yeah. and then they can kind of tell you, yeah, no, that's just – you guys are just human mm -hmm. and you guys got to talk it through or no, they're manipulative this way. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Same thing with joy. Like I, I shared that I was in a very toxic relationship in high school. And one thing that I just want to tell you guys too is don't settle for just good enough. Don't settle for just loyalty. If, if you sense that it is toxic and that it is causing you to drift away from the Lord or sin or whatever it is, don't please don't settle because there's something way greater out there. Yes. There might be relationships, you know, that have problems or issues that you can work through. That that toxicity, then you need to run and get out. I think to surround yourself with good friends, like yeah. people that you trust. If if your five closest friends that have never lied to you, that you trust wholeheartedly, are telling you this person's not right for you, they're probably looking out for you. Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have that support, it, it can be a blind spot. You know, C.S. Lewis, in one of his books, talked. You know, you can. You know, have 25 of your closest friends that have never lied to you, but then you see that per person, and they're beautiful, and they sweep you off your feet, and all your friends say, don't go out with that person. You still might go out with that person because your eyes can right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And don't let them talk you into being, you're an awful, terrible, ugly person because if, if you want to break up with them, because they may say that to you. They may put you down. They may do those things. You're not. The Lord loves you. Mm -hmm. Nth degree. You're all beautiful. So... Don't let them try to talk you into that. Even if you've been dating them for three years, you think three years, oh, man, I, I put all this time in. I've done all this sort of stuff. People are going to think I'm a loser or blah, blah, mm -hmm. No, you're not. Get out while you can. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Get out while you can. Yeah. Okay? Don't worry about all that stuff of the world. Yeah. Don't think about that. Mm -hmm. Just get out and get back to the Lord, and mm -hmm. you'll find someone. Trust mm -hmm. me, you will find someone. Yeah. So I just want to – let you guys know, I meant to say this earlier, we're not going to do small groups because I knew that this was going to go long. So after this, we'll do a couple worship songs and then we'll dismiss you guys. But I just have a couple more questions that I want to ask them. Uh, one of them is, how did you bring up boundaries in your relationship? So more so probably when you were dating. How did you bring up boundaries in your relationship? Or if you want to speak to what boundaries you have now. As you guys think, I can just kind of um, tell mine. I would say just communication, you know, telling Tyler, 
hey, when you say these kinds of things, it hurts me. When you do these kinds of things, it makes me feel bad. Things like that. I think just open communication is huge. And then also, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of this, the intentions part is another thing I was going to say. Just making sure that with, with the boundaries and relationships that you're just saying right from the get-go, you know, this, these are my beliefs, and this is what I'm going to stick to. This is who I am, and I, I'm not going to change these certain things about me. And, and you can share that in a loving, caring way. Yes, To tell people that, yeah. that you have these boundaries, you know. You know, it really hurts when I mean, we have that. I can tell when I've hurt our feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I do too if I'm upset with her or whatever. But we come back and we share those things. But if uh, just share your boundaries, those mm-hmm. types of things. If somebody, a guy or a girl, whoever you're dating, does those thing, types of things, just say, you know, I really don't feel comfortable doing that, or I, I, it hurts my feelings when you say that, or yeah. do those types of things. And if they care for you enough, they'll understand that. They really will. So um, we actually wish I would have done a boundary. So we got, you know how our first date went? We were, oh my goodness, everything matched up. We were so in love, like right from the beginning. Well, then we let the passion kind of get ahead of us. So we wished we would have talked like before we were just like, oh, all googly mm-hmm. instead of talked about what we kind of wanted and how far we wanted to go. Yeah. So it's so important to set your boundary and talk about it from the beginning. Yeah. So you're not stuck in the dark room mm-hmm. just going off your emotions. Yeah. You know, letting your heart lead you and you do not want your heart to lead you. Mm-hmm. You want your head and the Lord to lead you. One of the things I will say to that is, uh, same with us, right? We should have set boundaries early on, and we didn't, but it's never too late. Yeah. So if you have, you know, you didn't set those boundaries early on like you should have, that's okay. If you feel convicted now, God can give you grace. Now set the boundary now. Mm-hmm. So walk away from that. Absolutely. That's really good. So I, in youth group, I signed a uh, purity contract when I was 13. <laughs> you know, I uh, took it very serious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not having sex till I meet my wife. I have have it till I'm married. Well, we came short of that. But again, through God's grace, we never talked about it. I didn't want to disappoint him. You know, women, I didn't want to disappoint him. You just assume that's what the guy wants or that's what you, the other person wants. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't assume it's the worst thing. I should have been honest because I came to him and he had not drank, he had not smoked, he had not done anything, and I just bawled. Oh, great. <laughs> it's over. I can't be with him even though I'm in love with him. I can't be with him. I mean, look at my track record. And he was like, no, I don't care about any of that. Like, he loved me from the beginning. So then... For me to just, that's where I went wrong, women. Just wait. <laughs> that's where I went wrong. If I would have known, if I would have known, if I would have known who I was in Christ, women, if I would have known that, then I would have been so confident in myself. I wouldn't have been throwing myself everywhere. Mm-hmm. I would have been confident to feel loved by him. I would have been chasing after a relationship. I would have been confident and and good in my singleness. Okay? So then when I met him again, I was doing the same old pattern. Just whatever you want because I feel loved by you. I'll give you whatever you want. Right? 
And it killed me then, learning that that's not what he wanted, but it just happened. So we both, we both should have communicated from the beginning. We should have set the boundary, and it would have been amazing. And God, <laughs> God gives, God gives grace, and He forgives. You know, that's the coolest part it, about God in the in the sacrifice on the cross is He forgives us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Um, and once you start, it's hard to stop. Let's yeah. just be real. Okay? Once you... Yeah. So, yes, uh, when you... I loved... Uh, she had a different background than me as far as... You know, she went to Loris and did the partying thing and all that. And all, and that <laughs> which is what she just explained, basically. If you, didn't, if you didn't catch that, that's kind of the road she took. But she had a Christian upbringing. I, I fell in love with her heart. And I knew her as a person. I was like, this this woman's genuine. Mm-hmm. And she dropped everything of her past to say, I want what you got. Let's go forward. So that's why I fell yeah. in love with her. And then there was never, she went to Laura's for another semester. There was never a doubt you cheated on me. There was never a, I did, had such a peace. I'm like, she's two hours away. It was two hours and ten minutes. I could get there easily in two hours and ten minutes, three in the morning. But anyway, um, I fell in love with her heart, and it, she yeah. didn't know what unconditional love was. Mm-hmm. She'd struggle with that. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I don't care about him. I, don't <clears throat> I love you unconditionally, like Christ loves us. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll add with the boundaries idea, too, uh, and one of the questions earlier was, is it okay if I or if we do blank? Like, to me, if you're asking that question already, you're in the wrong mindset. Yeah. All right? Frame that question, is it God-honoring if we blank? Mm -hmm. All right? Because then that really states what your heart is. Like, Mm -hmm. we want to honor God with our relationship instead of, is it okay if we do this? Is it okay if we do that? Like, that's just the wrong mindset altogether. Mm -hmm. We don't tell many people that make that mistake. I mean, I'm proud of it. You guys are a very select few. Like, we don't, there's things in our life I'm not proud of. Yeah. But there's things in my life I want you to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be like, <clears throat> they look like they got it all together, these people, and they've done things too. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't sit up here saying, well, I've done everything right. Yeah. And then it just doesn't work that way. Well, honestly, what happened in our marriage, then we learned a lot as our marriage went on and on and on. Okay. We learned more and more and more. And I can say that today our marriage is way stronger than it was when we first got married. Um, so it was kind of a bummer. We had to learn through some hard things, very, very hard, hard things, Mm -hmm. but we, we love it because now it's such, it's more rich, I guess, in the marriage, it's more rich, more full. Um, but actually, it's the reason we're here today. Yeah. We wouldn't be on this panel if we didn't go through what we went through. We wouldn't be here serving college, our heart for college ministry if we didn't go through our mess. It's crazy what God uses yeah. to, to, for his will mm-hmm. to glorify his name. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Are there any other pressing questions tonight that you guys want answered? All right, let's go ahead and express our appreciation for our panel. Thank you guys so much. If you can grab your chairs and go off. Yep. All right, as they're exiting the stage, maybe some of you guys heard some things tonight, some truths that really resonated with you or that hit your heart. 
I just want to lead us in a prayer tonight, and um, I just really want you to mean mean the words that you're that you are gonna say. So if you would just repeat after me as the worship team comes up. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your love, for your forgiveness, for our relationship, even after our mistakes, after our brokenness, after our pain. I wanna live for you. I wanna seek after you. I wanna build my life on you. Help me, God. I lay everything at your feet. Come invade every area of my life. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise tonight. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights with service beginning at 7 p.m. And the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.